This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam. I'm your host. And joining me, as always, is Dr. Richard Blackaby. As always, good to be with you, Sam. Great, great. Although well, it's getting a little long here. You're living with us right now. We are. And working with yeah. us, too. So mm. There's just there's a lot of... We've <laughs> there's a, a lot whole of lot of you that, that I've been having in my life lately. <laughs> we, we've had an unusual amount of face-to-face time, and, uh, you know, that, that can be burdensome. Yeah. Well, you if know. you didn't have that cute little one-year-old uh, daughter living... Uh, with us as well, might it might uh, put more of a strain. Yeah, on. yeah. For for those listening, uh, Richards is uh, he's quick to say how much he'll miss our one year old, but he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't mention uh, my wife or I. So uh, I've just I was know. taught if you have nothing good to say, just say nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> I can always count on you, Richard. <laughs> oh, it's been great. It's uh yeah. Sam Carey getting uh, bought a new house and. Yeah, paint getting it painted and some things done first, and so it's been kind of fun. A little camp out at our house for what we thought might be a couple of days, uh, stretched in. out to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we, those things happened. Just a, a mere week and a half. <laughs> hey, it could have been a lot worse. I was actually went out running with my daughter this morning, so yeah, that was see? fun. Yeah. All the perks of yeah. of being under one roof. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, well, something we want to mention at the top here uh, that you've got coming up. It's called the Online Leadership Retreat, um, and it's it's a s- series of pre-recorded sessions on leadership. They're talking about leading change, self-leadership, organizational leadership, and uh, ours truly, uh, Richard Blackaby, is going to be part of this online leadership retreat. And uh, we also have a, a special um, discount code for mm-hmm. our listeners, uh, Blackaby10 is the discount code they can use to get, uh, I believe it's 10% off the registration price. Registration's open now. You can go to onlineleadershipretreat.com. Yeah, some very interesting, especially marketplace leaders, uh, yeah. but uh, Ken Blanchard uh, has a presentation. Some uh, So kind of a wide uh, variety yeah. of uh, leadership talks, and uh, it'd be very interesting, very creative. Material. Yeah, you know, and it's a great way, uh, Any anything like that, I think, is a great way to say, uh, especially during these unusual times, say, hey, I'm going to, um, you know, take this time to, to, to better myself, to improve my leadership, um, almost uh, take it to the next level, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I like that. So, uh, so and uh, certainly now is the time to be getting fresh ideas. Uh, yeah. You know, I, it, this is unprecedented, this COVID-19, and so this is a time certainly to be getting as much input as you can and different exactly. approaches. Uh, exactly. Just because you, you're, you're going out in uncharted waters, and so if you hear a couple of other leadership uh, experts affirming some things you're thinking about that that just kind of helps with the comfort level to know okay I think I'm on the right track yeah it, it's never it's never wasted time to improve your leadership and now more than ever yeah it, it is uh, it is uh, a good investment so so we'll we'll leave links to all that in the show notes uh, so that you can uh, find out more so today we're uh, following up on a series that we started many months ago it seems um, but it's uh, it's on leaders in the Bible and we've done uh, I think we've done Moses and Elijah the only two that we've done so far but this is part four for Elijah so we've really you know stretched out his uh, experience and and as we've mentioned in the previous episodes on this topic uh, Richard has has written a book on 
this, that, that a lot of these principles can be found in living out of the overflow, mm-hmm. where we just look at the, the life and the and the leadership and the ministry of, of Elijah. And uh, so now we, we're going to bring Elijah to a close in, in this final, fourth and final part of, mm-hmm. uh, of this series. So, uh, Richard, um, what, what, what are the last uh, lessons, I guess, from Elijah's life that, that you want to bring out that, that we can benefit from? Well, there's certainly so many lessons, and we were looking at First Kings chapter 19. We got into that in the last uh, podcast we did on Elijah, and so I want to just pick up there again, First Kings 19. Uh, and we saw at the, in our last podcast that uh, Elijah, back in chapter 18, has had arguably the best season in his leadership career. Yeah. Uh, he's faced down 850 false prophets of Baal and Asherah. He's faced down King Ahab. There he is on Mount uh, Carmel uh, with all the nation's leaders. He's the only person taking a stand for God. Big showdown. God calls fire down, for, or he calls fire down from heaven. God sends it. And uh, all the nation's leaders are crying out, the Lord God, he is God. And uh, it's a resounding success. And then to top it off, Elijah goes up to the top of the mountain, prays for a three and a half year drought to come to an end, and it comes to an end in a torrential downpour. And so he has uh, faced down the the false religions of the day. Um, he has at least temporarily persuaded all the nation's leaders to return to the true God. And he's wiped out a three and a half year drought that was crippling the nation. I mean, he's basically the Old Testament equivalent of a superhero he is and uh (laughs) and that's why he typically represents the prophets at their fiery best and so you would think that when someone had had that level of success that they're never going to doubt again if you can call fire down from heaven and it comes right when you need it to or you you call rain down from heaven right when you you need it to and the weather patterns the skies open up for whatever you need from the heavens um, what are you going to ever worry about after that? Um, and so you would think that, but what we saw last time was that um, oftentimes you're more vulnerable after a success than after a failure. Failures tend yeah. to humble you. Failures tend to make you drive you back to God. They, they, they cause you to reflect and to look at what you're doing and to see if there's maybe not a better way. Success closes your mind. Success fosters pride. Success causes you uh, to think that you don't need to keep working at things or learning or growing or depending on God or praying. And, uh, and so for whatever reason, right after his greatest success, um, he's going to experience his worst failure. And uh, a message comes from Queen Jezebel that she's going to kill him. And, uh, and for whatever reason... That just strikes a chord in Elijah's heart, and he panics, and he ups and runs a uh, hundred miles all the way down to Beersheba. Goes, uh, fires his assistant. Goes another five miles. Into I think the you wilderness. mentioned this last time, but he, he fires him after the hundred mile <laughs> yeah. run. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just could a, you at least you know. let me go before? Now I got to walk a hundred miles back uh, to our home. But um, and he goes out and he says, "I just want to die." Just, I just want to die. And one of the things we did focus on last time is the fact that um, you can, people can endure a lot as long as they still have hope. 
Yeah. Uh, so if you're pastoring a, a troubled church and you're facing all kinds of crazy stuff, but you still have a hope that things can turn around, well, you'll put up with a lot. Uh, or you're in, you're leading a business and a lot of bad news is taking place. Or you're in the middle of COVID and most of the news is, is bad. But you still hold on to the hope that things can turn around and you can still make a go of this business. And your customers are going to be loyal and they're going to return. But if you've done everything that you know to do and things don't seem to be getting any better, that becomes demoralizing. Yeah. And, and I think that's what happened to Elijah. It's kind of like if I could perform two of the greatest miracles in recorded history and people still want to kill me, uh, the, the leaders that I'm counting on to finally change their direction and support what I'm trying to do, if they just get more angry at me, then what else can I do? I mean, yeah. how big of a miracle do you have to do before people finally believe and trust me and follow my leadership? And so, so he, I think at this point he's lost hope and he, and at that point he just, he wants to die. He's in a fit of depression. And, and I'll tell you, certainly during COVID-19, um, there are a lot of depressed leaders out there right mm-hmm. now battling clinical depression uh, and just various levels of depression, but discouragement. uh, And so much of that comes from a lack of hope that uh, they're just not sure. I just heard uh, yesterday of a pastor that had just been in the process of planning a church before COVID hit. And and so they couldn't meet for a couple of months and they just began meeting about three weeks ago and not one person has returned. Mm. Um, and so after three weeks, hoping that 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 little congregation that he pulled together would would all be excited to be back in fellowship, and they've they've had zero attendance, mm. uh, and he is at the brink of just despair. Um, it happens all the time, and so yeah. so Elijah he, and I guess what I take comfort from in the Bible is that even the greatest have moments of discouragement. Um, and it, I, I look at that and I think if even Elijah could grow discouraged, then I'm in danger of it too. Um, and as we saw, when Elijah keeps his eye upon the God of the heavens, he's at his best. When he starts listening to his critics, even if it's just one evil queen, uh, it's amazing how quickly you can spiral. Right. And so I always tell folks, be, as, you're, as you're leading, be careful who you listen to. You listen to the wrong voices, they will have you spiraling before you know it. Uh, and so then we saw that God just, um, he He surprises Elijah with an angel. And uh, we won't take a lot of time to unpack that, just to say, I, I do find it interesting that when the, when the angel ministers to Elijah, the angel doesn't get into a long theological discussion, doesn't talk leadership strategy. He feeds them. He gives him water. He he bakes him bread. Hmm. Uh, he he tells him to take a, a long nap. Uh, can you imagine an angel caring for you that way, saying, "Sam, you just need you're tired. You know, just climb into bed. I'll I'll do the dishes. Uh, just rest. Just stay in there until you feel good again. And uh, here's some homemade bread to to eat first. And uh, you're in the out here in a hot wilderness. Here's a nice cool drink. Uh, all all that you you need. And and I just think two things that that says to me. One is God really does care, and he yeah. and he and he knows us, and he has a a thousand different ways 
to love on us. Mm. And sometimes it's, you know, it's funny. You could get like a, a rebate you hadn't expected. You know, you get a little tax return or you, you get <laughs> yeah. this or that. Uh, they've just, they have, they've given out your favorite freebie at uh, Costco or something, you know, but <laughs> some days it's just like you stop and you think, you know, God, I just needed this today. I just needed something special, something that lifted my spirit and God just has a way of doing that and I think you need to be always alert to notice when God is sort of maybe discreetly just letting you know he loves you but uh, but you also notice that uh, it's really hard to deal with leadership stress when you're tired or when yeah. you ha- or when you have been eating well and you know I've seen this I we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks but uh, I've been working uh, and running during COVID, and uh, at this point, I think I've lost about 26 pounds. And I'll tell you yeah. something, uh, you know, I have the exact same theology I had before. I believe the Bible the same way. I've got basically the same kind of routines I've had now for since COVID hit. But it's a, it's amazing how much different the world appears when you are carrying less weight, when you have more energy, yeah. uh, when you just, your heart's in good shape. Um, and so God begins by getting Elijah physically ready. And I'll tell you, when I see some people that are discouraged and then you see that they're at least a hundred pounds overweight and they never exercise and they get up and just to, uh, you know, walk across the room and they're breathing hard. I tell you, it's just hard. It's it's just hard to face stress and bad news and uh, and all the the disappointment that that life brings when you're also just physically in no condition to handle that. And mm-hmm. and so I would, I, you know, I, I and I'm not here to cast stones because boy, I tell you, I've you know, I I've had, I've I've lost 26 pounds. I need to lose 18 more. Still, I'm I was I over the years just you know packed on extra tonnage that uh, I needed to get rid of. But uh, I, I, but even just what I've experienced, it's enough to just encourage people to say, listen, you, I really want to encourage you. It's worth it to pay the price. And it, it, it's not impossible if you'll make the right adjustments. So, yeah. so then uh, the angel says, okay, so then uh, Elijah, you go to Mount Horeb, which we know better as Mount Sinai. And, um, so, and that's about 200 miles and it's going to take him 40 days. And it's estimated that at that time, walking in sandals in the desert, that the average pace was about five miles a day. A healthy man might cover about five miles a day. So it took 40 days and he, he fasts during that time. He doesn't, there's no more homemade bread. Um, and I think that's also interesting. He's about to have his most profound uh, encounter with God, but it's preceded by 40 days of fasting. And uh, again, I've not been, I have fasted on a number of occasions, but uh, um, you know, I, I don't see myself as an expert in that, but I, I can tell you that um, if you really need uh, a fresh touch of God upon your life, a 40-day fast might just be the ticket. Uh, and it's not so much about the fasting as what it prepares you for. Yeah. Uh, it's not the fasting that's going to change his life. It's the fasting that's going to prepare him for the encounter that comes. And so it says that he, he finally he gets um, he gets to uh, Mount Horeb and uh, he goes into a cave and basically he, he kind of, 
he he's he's just sort of en- ensconced himself in this cave, and now he's waiting. And I've always thought to myself, uh, and again, this is just pure uh, biblical imagination, but uh, uh, Elijah needs an encounter with God like he's never had before. And I mean, he's had some doozies already. So, <laughs> um, but there's one other person that had a life changing encounter with God on Mount Sinai as well. And of course that was uh, Moses. And when Moses was really discouraged as a leader, at a certain point, he said to God, these people are just, they're wearing me out. And uh, basically, and if I were to kind of use the vernacular, Moses just said, God, I just need to, I I need to see your glory. I need, I I need an encounter with you at a level I've never had before. Yeah. And, uh, and so God, of course, says, well, you can't just see my glory because it would kill you. It would overwhelm you. But he says, I'm going to let my glory pass by you. And what it says is that God sort of put his hand over Moses and hid him in the cleft of the rock. And which another word for a cleft in a rock when you're on top of a mountain is a cave. Uh, and so I've always wondered, did Elijah, maybe just even subconsciously was he thinking, I need, because of course he knew that story of Moses well. Is he yeah. thinking, I need that same encounter with God that Moses had hundreds of years earlier. And I wonder where that cleft in the rock is. Uh, hmm. I, I want that same glory passing experience. And so he finds a cave. We don't know if it's the same one or not, but, uh, but there he is. And sure enough, um, it says suddenly. And again, we've, we've seen that word before, but uh, the suddenness of God is always intriguing to me. Um, you, you can prepare, you can draw near to God. You can prepare your heart to hear from God. You can prepare the soil of your heart to receive a word from God, but you cannot determine when God speaks to you. Uh, you don't ever set the agenda for God. Uh, he's, the, he's the Lord. He's the master. He comes to you. He speaks when he's prepared to do that. And so it just comes suddenly. And suddenly the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And, uh, you know, God is so fascinating to me because if anyone could just make statements, it would be God, <laughs> you know, yeah. God never needs to ask a question because of course he knows all the answers. But, uh, so why doesn't he just say, um, Elijah, you're about 350 miles off course right now. You, the last time I gave you instructions, it was, uh, for you to run down from Mount Carmel, uh, to, to Jezreel. But, uh, what are you doing way down here on Mount Sinai? Um, what what God just says is very simply, what are you doing here, Elijah? And uh, and I, I find that in the Bible, God's questions are often very disarming. Uh, they just, they kind of strip you bare. Um, you know, and oh, throughout the Bible, God has had questions like, uh, Adam and Eve, where are you? <laughs> it's like, which yeah. exposes the fact that all of a sudden they're hiding and ashamed. Or, uh, Cain, where's your brother? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah. th- those questions that just sort of expose you. And uh, there's uh, throughout the Bible, God has those moments where he asks these questions. Uh, and it might even be, well, who do you say that I am? And uh, those, the answers to God, if, if you have an answer to God's questions, then you have an answer for your questions too. Uh, God always 
gets right to the heart of mm. the matter. And, um, and it's interesting because, you know, with Job, one of the famous questioners, for many chapters, Job keeps saying, well, if I could just interrogate God, if I could just get God in the witness stand and I could ask him my questions, I could prove my innocence, and I could prove that I don't deserve to be suffering the way that I am. And then finally, God, it says God spoke in a whirlwind, which ought to have been troubling uh, to Job right away. Yeah. And then, of course, he, he begins with a question and he says, where were you, Job? when I was putting all the constellations in place, putting all the stars in the sky, where were you when I was doing all that? And of course, once God's asked his question, Job doesn't have any questions yeah, there's anymore. Yeah, a lot of follow-up. You know, and after a couple of chapters of God uh, giving his presentation, it's kind of like, oh, wait, oh, I'm so sorry, Job. Did did you have a question? <laughs> yeah, let's get back to uh, what was what was on your mind. And at that point, it's like, uh, no, God, I I don't have any more questions. Uh, all, you know, I'm done. Uh, and uh, and that's kind of what God does with Elijah. He yeah. just uh, says, "What what are you doing here?" And Elijah does have a response. Um, and uh, and maybe we can get to that just after the break. Yeah, let's let's stop here for a quick break. Now more than ever, the world needs great leaders. As a leader, now is the time for you to have a much-needed retreat that will bring fresh energy, new ideas, and practical insights to become a more effective leader in this new day. Registration is now open for the online leadership retreat. Use code BLACKABY10, that's BLACKABY and the numbers 1-0, to receive 10% off your registration fee. All sessions have been pre-recorded and will be available starting August 12th. Visit onlineleadershipretreat.com to learn more and to register. Links will be in the show notes. Well, Richard, you've taken us up to Mount Sinai with Elijah and, and uh, God's questioning to him, and uh, he does answer, so uh, let's dive right into his response. Yeah, we saw that God asked, what are you doing here, Elijah? And in verse 10, 1 Kings 19, uh, Elijah responds, uh, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of armies, it's, mm. which is interesting because he's about 350 miles AWOL at this point. <laughs> and yet he, isn't it funny how we... And he's speaking in the past tense. Yeah. And he's going to go on. He's going to say, but the Israelites have abandoned your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they are looking for me to take my life. And it's just mm. full of self-pity. Excuses. Uh, excuses. Of course, he... Placing blame he, on the people. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else is not zealous for you, but I have been zealous. And of course, he's he's AWOL. He's uh, hundreds of miles away from the last place God told him to be. And as we saw earlier, when he complains, I alone am left, um, the only reason he's alone is because he fired his staff person. Yeah, and he chose um, he chose and, that. So a lot of his and, and which I've seen for often when people isolate themselves, and then they complain that they're alone yeah. and there's they have no one. Um, so so much of our condition stems from choices we've made. Um, and so now, what's interesting sometimes with God is not always what He says, but what He doesn't say. And he doesn't, he doesn't respond uh, to Elijah. Elijah's laid down all of his complaints. Yeah. And one thing I've learned in the Bible, and certainly in the book of Psalms, you can, you can give your concerns to God. You can complain to God. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. But God is not necessarily obligated to uh, let you set the agenda for your conversation with him. 
Yeah. When you pray, you can lay out your concerns, but we don't even know most of the time what the real issue is. Yeah. Uh, and so God, he'll let, he'll let you share what's on your heart, but then God, when he starts speaking, he gets right to the issue at hand. And so it's interesting. He doesn't debate him, doesn't meet him point by point. Uh, it says, he, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain in the Lord's presence. In other words, if you, if you need an answer for this discouraging time, make your way into God's presence as quickly as possible. And, and th- what's interesting about this is that God finds him in a dark place, in a cave. And, um, and before God begins to deal with him, he's going to get him out of that dark place. Hmm. Uh, and so when he says, go out and stand on the mountain, what he's saying is get out of this cave. Now, the interesting thing about being in a cave is that no matter where you look, it all looks dark. Yeah. It's all gray. Yeah. Um, and we don't know how big or deep that cave was, but, but, uh, but Elijah may have only had to have taken four or five steps. And all of a sudden, he's out in a bright, sunshiny, outside exterior of that cave. And, right. of course, everything looks different. Now, he could have stayed in that dark place. And try. And I don't know if you've ever tried to encourage someone who is in a dark place. And you're trying to convince them that life's not as bad as it seems to them. But if you're in a dark, physically a dark place, you're in a cave, it does look dark. Yeah. Uh, and cause everywhere you look, it's just grim and dark and gray and damp. And, but you, you take four or five steps away and all of a sudden there's bright sun that's shining in the sky, beautiful blue sky, birds flying by. You look out from that mountain top and you see all kinds of beautiful terrain as far as you can see. And, and now you talk to God, but now your whole perspective is different. And, and I've often said to people, I know it seems really bad right now, but you may only be four or five steps away from an entirely different perspective. Hmm. Um, oftentimes, you're not that far away uh, from a very different place. Uh, and, and sometimes you just need to hold on or sometimes you need to get up. And by the way, God could have said, hey, you're in a real dark place, Elijah. Let me let me give you a fireman uh, carry here and I'm going to just haul you out of this cave and once you get out in the sunlight, things won't seem so bad. But you notice what God does. He says, Elijah, you get up, you walk out. Hmm. You've got the strength to do that. You're not, uh, you're not just immobilized here. Uh, you've chosen to be in this dark place. You can cho- choose to get out of it. And he makes Elijah get up and walk out on his own strength. And when he gets out, uh, then, uh, it, it, then again, uh, it says, uh, uh, the, the, the Lord passed by. Uh, as soon as you are in the right place, it's amazing how quickly you can have a fresh encounter with God. And at first it says there was a great and mighty wind, but God isn't in the, the great and mighty wind. Then there's, uh, uh, there's an earthquake. God's not in the earthquake. Then there's a fire and God's not in the fire. Finally, there's a voice, a soft whisper. Uh, the King James calls it a still small voice. Uh, and that's, that's God. Uh, and a lot of people have um, talked about that. What what does this mean? Why isn't God in the fire, the earthquake? And of course, Elijah, uh, forty some, forty five days earlier, he experienced the dramatic. He yeah. experienced fire coming down from heaven. He experienced the earth, the whole mountain shaking under the awesome display of God. He heard all the people shouting 
the Lord, he is God, the dramatics, uh, the fireworks, the neon lights. Uh, he'd experienced all that. And, and after all of that, it took him one day to become discouraged and want to quit. Hmm. Uh, you know, we always seem to want the dramatics. When, when you go to church, it's like we, we hardly know what to do with stillness or quiet or soft music. If, if we really want to make people sense that they've encountered the power of God, then we get those kettle drums going and those electric guitars squealing and the trap set just really just un, un, unleashing. And wow, did we ever have an encounter with God? Boy, it was, it was, it was almost deafening. It was so loud. And the, the, the light show was incredible. And we, and we think the more dramatic it is, the, the more of God we've just experienced. But uh, the interesting thing, as I said, is Elijah experienced all that, and a day later, he's ready to quit. Yeah. Today, he's going to experience a whisper of God, and he'll ne we'll never hear of him wanting to quit again. Uh, and the thing about the whispers of God is that they go right to your soul. They, they get past all the surface stuff. And uh, God speaks right into the deepest places of your soul. And, uh, and that's basically what God does now. And, he, uh, and he, then he asks him the same question. What are you doing here, Elijah? Uh, it's almost like when he was in that dark cave, he, he wasn't ready to deal with that question. Now, he's going to give the exact same answer. And God's going to ignore that answer just like he did the last time. And then you get down to verse 15, and it says, Then the Lord said to him, Go and return by the way you came. And you know, one thing I've discovered, a lot of times people get off track, they get far from God, and oftentimes the way back to God is down the same path that you took to depart from God. Hmm. Uh, he goes right back the same way he came. And, uh, and then God says, you're going to anoint Hazael as king over Aram, or the, the, Assyrian, the Syrians. Uh, you're to anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, son of Japheth, is going to replace you. And, uh, and, and, and so what, what God's saying is, Elijah, you, here you are about to quit, and your best days still lie ahead of you, not behind you. Now, if you had called fire down from heaven and, call, and ended a drought, you might think that your best yeah, days were peaked. in the past. <laughs> yeah, just downhill from here. But with God, there's always something else. There's always one more thing. Yeah. And you don't want to quit when God's still got something else for you to do. And so, and, and, and the, the last one and the last point there is, uh, Elijah, you're, all these great works that you're going to do, but it's not uh, going to be done until you've found your replacement, until you've invested in the next generation. And so he, he goes and he finds this big strapping farm boy, Elisha, and uh, you know he's got to be a big boy because he's got 12 yoke of oxen that he <laughs> is managing himself with his own brute strength. Uh, and, he's, uh, and you know Elisha is uh, enthusiastic because when Elijah does call him, Elisha throws a huge farewell party for himself, <laughs> says goodbye to everybody, kills uh, a set of oxen, burns up their yoke uh, in the fire, and, and he's like, all right, I'm ready to go. That's yeah. where, where are we going, Elijah? Uh, I'm all in. And uh, I've often thought to myself, you know, when we look at uh, Elijah and uh, Elisha, we always think of it in terms of the older guy, Elijah, mentoring the young guy. Wow, that's great. The last thing he does is he sort of blesses this young guy and sets him up for a, a career as a prophet. But as I look at that, I sense that Elisha was just as much for Elijah 
uh, as it was the other way around. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I think that old grizzled, discouraged prophet, <laughs> when he saw this young buck all excited and saying, where are we going next? What are we going to do? And who are you going to tell off? And you know, what king are you going to rebuke? And, you know, what's God going to do next? Uh, you, you wonder if Elijah, at least for a moment, didn't think to himself, I remember when I used to be that guy. I yeah. used to be all excited about serving God. And I used to be so uh, excited about just what the next thing would be. And and uh, I wonder what happened to me over these years where I, where I lost that passion. And maybe Elisha was sort of the way for God just to remind Elijah, hey, it's an honor. It's a thrill to serve me, no matter how tough it gets. Uh, it's quite a ride to follow me and be my prophet, my spokesperson. And so I would just encourage folks uh, listening today, um, one of the, certainly one of the most important things you'll do uh, to invest in the future is spend some quality time investing in the next generation, talking to them, taking them with you, explaining why you do what you do, giving them opportunities to spread their wings and try things. But I'll tell you something, if before you say, well, I'm too busy or that's too tedious or I don't can't fit that in, it won't just be for you uh, or it won't be for them. It'll be for you. Uh, get around young people, creative people, millennials on down uh, because uh, yeah. they'll rub off on you. They'll keep you young. They'll keep you sharp and fresh. And, uh, and so Elijah leaves this place. He, he narrowly escapes uh, a, a crash and burn experience where he was about to quit and give up. And uh, we never hear of that again. And, of course, uh, the rest is history. He goes out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. And uh, it's so much better to leave with fiery chariots swooping <laughs> down to get you than huddled up by yourself under the shade of a broom tree saying, woe is me, nobody yeah. cares. Uh, he almost ended up there, and God spared him from that and let him end well instead. Well, Richard, I've always appreciated the insights that you bring out of these characters in the Bible, and uh, looking forward to the, ne the next character that we look at, the next uh, leader in the Bible. And uh, if you'd like to read more, uh, just of some of these insights that Richard has, has, has brought forth in this podcast and the other three podcasts that we've done on Elijah, you can pick up his book, Living Out of the Overflow. Um, it's just some great, great insights, and uh, uh, we... Uh, always appreciate it. So until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.